Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to get involved in a board game. If you're my age or older, you might remember playing board games with family and friends. And one that I especially enjoyed was a mystery game called Clue, where to win, you had to figure out the answers to which character committed the murder, what room of the house it was committed in, and what weapon was involved. For example, it was Professor Plum in the billiard room with the candlestick. What in the world does this have to do with our study through the book of Mark? Well, our passage is Mark 4, verses 30 through 34, and it has to do with mystery, riddles, or in our case, parables, and clues. Don't worry, we're still committed to thorough expository preaching through the books of the Bible. As you follow along this week, you'll discover why Pastor Jim entitled this message, Colonel Mustard in the Field with the Word. Now, mustard plants, like all garden plants, they die out each year. You planted it as an annual herb, something that you would plant every year. And I suppose maybe you could regulate the conditions in a greenhouse and keep one alive longer, but uh, that isn't what the parable is talking about. It's talking about the normal routine of this little herb that you planted in your garden. Now, the mustard plant that Jesus describes for your imagination does something spectacular, abnormal, surprising. It grows in a surprising way. It becomes huge. Mark's terminology is it forms large branches. In Matthew's uh, gospel, it says, becomes a tree. And he uses the Greek word for um, a tree. So it would be like you, you planted this alongside your tomato plants and then you, know, you come back around harvest time and you've got something the size of a gigantic maple tree shading your whole, shading your whole garden. That's what's shocking about this. It becomes so substantial that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. That would never happen. How many of you uh, plant a garden this spring and already you have birds nesting in your plants? It, it doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. That would never happen because at the time for the birds to come to nest, the garden plant's just getting started. And it's, it's way too small. Even at its largest, it would be still too small to provide safety for nesting birds. I mean, birds don't nest at cat's eyeball height. They don't do that. So this is abnormal, surprising, shocking growth, so much that the birds could make it a home. So the key point of this parable is that the growth that Jesus is describing is surprising and abnormal. It continues far beyond what you would expect it to be in any natural environment. It goes far beyond the normal expectation. Now that's the parable. We'll get to the interpretation in a few minutes. Learn the parable, verses 30 through 32. And then you say, wait a minute, would you, would you remind me, Jesus, why all these parables? So he says it again. 
verses 33 and 34. It says, Mark says, With many such parables he was speaking the word to them, so far as they were able to hear it. In other words, this is for the ones who had spiritual ears to actually hear. It says he did not speak to them without a parable, but he was explaining everything privately to his own disciples. At this point, I've got to admit, as a Bible teacher, I wish that the Gospels were just a few page longers, and I had all of those explanations that, that Jesus gave. But the only inspired explanations belong to those first two parables, the soils and the wheat and the tares. So, there's the parable. And remind me why the parables. And now we get to interpret it and apply it. Well, the party is over for me. Um, Now I've got to earn my keep by helping you find the clues that will help you understand and apply the parable of the mustard seed. It's not some mystical thing. It's a matter of doing careful Bible study. And I'll start with a disclaimer. When it comes to these parables for which Jesus did not provide the interpretation, there are some points of interpretation that are legitimately debated by honest, Bible-believing, godly scholars. Now, there are some, tempt- to, some interpretations that are just way out there, and we don't want to bother with those. But um, there are different possibilities which are compatible with the rest of the Bible. Among my seminary professors, one of our favorite hobbies, of course, is to go from one class to the next class and get this teacher to disagree with that teacher. Uh, It's hard to do when they're all reading the same Bible and guided by the same Holy Spirit. But the most fertile place for that is interpreting parables or, you know, things that are, uh, that have symbolic meanings to them. And, uh, we did that. It was about a 50-50 split between uh, my seminary professors on a, on, on a few of these things. But we're going to try to use every clue we have from the context, uh, context, including the patterns of those first two interpretations that were set by Jesus. Now, um, if you are so highly spiritual that you have a MacArthur Study Bible with you, um, I'll let you know in advance that I'm going to disagree with my very good friend and mentor, John. He is not yet fully sanctified when it comes to interpreting a couple of these parables. He will agree with me when he gets to heaven. One of us will have changed our view, unless we both have. But let's start looking at the clues. It isn't all that hard, really. All right, clue number one. Matthew calls this another parable when he introduces it. And he uses a Greek word for another that means another of the same kind. It's not different from the first ones. It's adding something to them, but it's right on point with everything said in the first two parables. Another parable of the same kind. It's another way of revealing another aspect of something never before revealed about the kingdom of heaven. And now that the Jews have rejected their Messiah, well, what's that kingdom going to look like? We thought it was coming right away in its fullness, but it won't be that way. So here's another parable of the same kind. Clue number two. Let's look at the man, the seed, 
and the field. It doesn't seem very hard in the context to say that the man seems to be Christ because he's the one who is spreading the kingdom, that the, uh, that the seed is the word of the kingdom as it has been in the parable of the soils, and the field is the world because this is a kingdom that's coming from heaven to the whole world. It is the kingdom of God on the world. So um, the, the new mystery is that, the, is that this kingdom is not going to come all of a sudden in its fullness worldwide. It's going to start very small, like just 11 scared disciples when Jesus was crucified, only 120 when the Holy Spirit came. But it's going to become something amazingly large. And this was a mystery because all the previous predictions of the kingdom in the Old Testament spoke of it as coming in power and glory all at once. Now, that will be the case. Read all about it in Revelation chapter 19. But that's not for now. Now, here comes the point of departure that I'm going to make with some of our brethren. A lot of them stop interpreting the parable right there. They say that Jesus is using this parable to predict the amazing, steady, relentless growth of the kingdom from a tiny seed, and that's the main and only point of the parable. Uh, They say that the reference to the birds of the air nesting in its branches, that's just a way of reinforcing the point of the size of the tree. That was my English Bible professor in seminary. He just said, well, that's just, that's just saying that's how big it got. It got so big that birds could nest in it, and there's no significance to the meaning of the birds. Now, there are others who say that the birds represent Gentiles who believe. Well, now, that's true. Um, They say that the kingdom starts like a small seed. It's all Jewish at first, but then when it grows up, the Gentiles are added in. Well, you can study Romans 9, 10, and 11. You know that there is truth there. That will prove the point about Gentiles being grafted in to the tree where Israel is portrayed as the olive tree and the Gentiles are the grafted in branches. But there's a big difference between a branch that's grafted in and a bird that builds a nest there. There, there, there is a, a difference there. And it's true that in the, the church age began with it almost exclusively being Jews who believed, and then eventually it came to include Gentiles. It's true it started very small, and it has become worldwide. No argument about those things, but I do disagree that that's all that this parable says. If all it says is it's going to start small and, and, and go worldwide, you don't need this parable. He's already said it. That, that wouldn't add anything to what he has said. So, look right here in the context for more clues. Clue number three would be the birds of the air. Now, here is an important principle of Bible interpretation. I hope it's old hat for most of you, but if not, let me introduce you to it. The meaning of Any term which is not explained in its context, that meaning has to be what the original hearers or readers 
would have understood it to mean when spoken or written by the original writer or speaker. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.